0: mac power users episode 286 launcher smackdown welcome back to another episode of the mac power users podcast i'm katie floyd alongside david sparks hey david
1: hello katie floyd how are you today
0: I'm great. Uh, you know, we have got a lot of exciting stuff going on. It's it's getting to be a busy month here in November. We're getting ready yeah. to meet up soon.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I I didn't get to see you at MacWorld this year. Well, so, there, you know, there I,
0: was no MacWorld this year.
1: That's I know. That's why I didn't get to see you. We we haven't. I think the last time you and I were in the same zip code, what was it? Uh, like March of twenty fourteen. Yes. So we need to get together. I mean, I I got to you know I got to tease you a little bit. Got to kind of get that look from you at least once.
0: But, but you're doing it on my turf this time. You're,
1: yeah, ca- no. you're coming
0: down to see my people.
1: If I make you mad, you may throw me at an alligator or something, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's alligators or crocodiles? We have both. You have both?
0: M- mainly alligators, but...
1: I have a friend who, him and his wife bought a motorhome, and they drove all over the country. They went to Florida, and she went to take the dog for a walk in Florida, and an alligator slash crocodile literally ate her dog.
0: No, that happens. That happens quite a lot.
1: She came back with like just the leash and tears. I I, I couldn't believe it. When he told me the story, I thought he was lying. He said, no, it really happened. I'm like, that is crazy.
0: Uh, uh, golf and golf communities. Yeah. yeah. We have, we have uh, alligators and we have multiple golf courses here. We have lots of alligators there, but you know what we, we have that is worse than alligators.
1: What? Bugs. Oh yeah, that's true. I heard about that as well. That like, they're like, mosquitoes and stuff are like the size of of like buicks right
0: yeah and lots of bugs lots of different bugs
1: yeah that's because of the humidity and all the water i mean in california we're very dry so we don't get as much of that except lately florida it feels like florida has moved here lately because we have a lot of humidity lately
0: yeah but Uh, if people want to come see us uh we are having a mac power users meetup
1: just beware of the alligators and the bugs
0: (laughs) otherwise you should be fine
1: yeah (laughs) so when is that meetup katie floyd
0: Well, that's going to be on uh, Saturday, November 14th. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, And it's going to be at the Big River City Grill, we think. Our group is getting quite big, so we might have to adjust that a little bit. Um, But that is on the Disney Boardwalk. It's it's on Epcot Resorts Boulevard. So it's on the Disney Boardwalk. It's not actually in a park, but it is on Disney property. And it's going to be at 2 p.m. So tickets are free but we are doing a, a system through Eventbrite where we're asking people to sign up. So we know how many people are coming. Um, so please, we'd love to have you there, but if please only sign up if you're coming, cause we've got to give the restaurant an accurate head count. And right now there are about 4 million of you coming.
1: I wish it was 4 million. No, it's, but it, it's, it's a lot, lot though. Well, and, you and, know, uh, I
0: said, we'll be lucky if we can get maybe 10 people there and there's significantly more than 10 people coming.
1: Yeah. And that's great. And I think the more the merrier because, uh, you know, we're all one big, geeky family. I think it'll be great. My my only thing that'll be funny is when we get there, I, I guarantee you people will start sharing Apple scripts and stuff. It'll be like Macworld Florida.
0: Yeah. Bring um, uh, bring your notebooks. Bring books bring oh, really? to take notes. Bring
1: a notep- I'm not bringing my notebooks. Bring drafts. Yeah. I may be drinking some drafts.
0: All of the above. So There we the, go. The other thing we have, and unfortunately, they won't be here in time for you to wear, but you can order them, is we're we're doing the MacPower Users t-shirts, the first ever. I mean, it's been years in the making.
1: First edition. Only took us six years.
0: Well, and hopefully we'll get the next edition out before it's been six years. But it, it took a lot to agree on this. I, I will say that as of the time we're recording this, and, and the t-shirts have only been out for like a full day, we, we have over 66 sold, and my color is kicking your color's butt.
1: Well, you know, what can I say? <laughs> What was your, your, your gray, I'm which gray. was actually my first choice. In, no, it wasn't. Whole, I, you I wanted, wanted gray green. too, but well, I mean, once you took gray, I said, well, let's just go with the green one too. But anyway, okay. uh, so yeah, go get the t-shirts. That's teespring.com slash Mac power users. They're, they're, they're very pretty shirts. They'll look nice. You wear them around. People will say, Hey, that's a Mac power user. And then yeah. they will look at you with awe. So, so true so, story. Just,
0: I know we've got to get back to the show, but originally we just had, um, pretty simple. We had gray and green long sleeve and short sleeve. And so this weekend, um, before the, before the, the thing went live, I was showing them to my mom and I said, you know, we're making Mac power users, t-shirts. These are going to be brand new. What do you think? And and she looked at them and she, she liked the design and, and she kind of furrowed her face and kind of went, Hmm. Um, you know, so there's something there like, okay, what, what did we do? What did we screw up? and she said can you make me a long sleeve version so guess what we now have david
1: the reach of your mother is long
0: <laughs> we have a long sleeve version now too so
1: yeah good well especially if you live in like some place where there's a lot of bugs you want to cover yeah. your sleeves yeah, up.
0: you know especially if it's like 115 degrees here in the summer you want to make sure you've got a long sleeve version so yeah but anyway, All right. there you
1: go. Well, well, get yourself a T-shirt. If you're in Florida, please come by and see us. We would love to have you. Every time we do an event with um, listeners, and we used to do them at Macworld, you know, but we've never done anything formal like this. But, we, you know, we used to meet with people at Macworld. To me, it's like, because, you, you know, Katie and I forget that people actually listen to the show. Honestly, I think if nobody listened, we'd still do this. But um, it's really nice to hear, see people out there. You can bring your spouse along if you want. That's cool. Uh, i 'm used to the angry looks from the spouses saying you 're the guy that costs us all that money it 's okay i 'll take it uh, so let 's let 's have some fun on November fourteenth uh, but this show today is not about parties and t shirts it 's about launchers, and uh, it 's one that we 've been kind of cooking on for a while in
0: fact we 've been cooking on it so long I thought we already did this show when you, when yeah, we you have text, a little, yeah yeah you texted we me had a little and, argument <laughs> and I said we 've already done that you said no we haven 't yes, we have. Had to go I, back. I felt a
1: little senile, and then I realized, no, you're the senile one. So had, to, cool.
0: had to go back and look through our own show archives to see whether or not we had yeah. actually done the show. But we've been teasing it for so long. It is finally time for the launcher smackdown.
1: Yeah, and so so just to talk about launchers, you know, the history of keyboard launchers. In the beginning, there was Quicksilver. I mean, before Spotlight got really good and before even the products that we're focusing on today – um, there was this thing called Quicksilver, and it was it was the first true launcher i 'd ever really seen i mean i they had things like this on the mac and p c before, but nothing that really gave you power like Quicksilver did and The whole principle of a launcher uh, that I found with Quicksilver is the idea of of nouns and verbs. You could pick a file you know the as a noun and you could act on it, and you could do things with it and it's so much faster than using a mouse or a trackpad for a lot of the things you do. And as soon as they opened up Quicksilver they opened up this plugin thing where people could create their own plugins and then people went plugin crazy. And all this great functionality came out of that. And uh, I was a big Quicksilver user. I had although Quicksilver got kind of buggy and um and at one point Quicksilver's own developer who kind of had given up on the app said, "You know, I'm not really working on it." if you like Quicksilver, you should probably go buy launch bar. <laughs> uh, so like, this was like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. It was a long time ago, but I went ahead and bought my first copy of launch bar. I've bought the upgrades many times since then. And, um, and got into launchers. And I was so much into it that when we first started the podcast way back, I think it was episode six or seven. Uh, we, I, we did a thing on launch bar about how I use launch bar. Uh, but, a lot of water has gone under the bridge. Then, since then we've had new competitors arrive like Alfred, which we're going to cover in the show. And we also did give Alfred its own show once. And, um, and spotlight has emerged and it's become convenient. And then even more powerful as Apple has thrown more wood behind the bat. And um, I think that was a wrong analogy. Wood behind the arrow is not the way you're supposed to say that, but either way. Uh, so now we've got multiple contenders for launchers and, and Katie and I have been wanting to kind of just take a show to go over, you know, where we stand, what we like to use, what we think you should use or at least think about. Is that a good summary?
0: I think we're just going to go through the options. I, I think the spoiler yeah. alert, there's not a bad option.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and I, I think the one point I would make is if you're listening to the show and you've never used a launcher before and, you know, you've never really taken advantage of Spotlight or never tried out things like, um launchbar and and alfred and quicksilver i really want you to try i, I that's our request for you that's your price of admission today spend a half hour fiddling with these things because i really believe no matter how deep down the uh, the rabbit hole you go you're going to get some some increased productivity if you if you bring one of these into the fold uh, i i mean i told the story way back on episode 7 about how somebody was looking over my shoulder while i was working on my mac And said, you know, what in the heck are you doing? Because I was like moving files, getting email addresses and doing all this stuff with just the keyboard and things were just appearing on the screen and disappearing. And the guy freaked out on me. Um, I I kid you not. I was in Chicago a couple weeks ago. I had the exact same experience. I was sitting at a table during a session and the guy next to me said, how did you make that happen? You know, because he's watching me do stuff. And it's all about using a good keyboard launcher. And I think you should be doing that. So
0: yeah, I've gotten please. results at an Apple store before because I was using Launcher. You know, oh, I, was, really? <laughs> I was showing I was showing the genius something on my computer, which, of course, wasn't happening at the moment that I had yeah. my computer in front of the genius. But I was doing all kinds of things through Launch Bar on my computer to open Windows and show them that. And they said, you know what? We, we, we trust you. Yeah, <laughs> you, exactly. you clearly it's got like, this.
1: <laughs> you don't need to do nuke and pave. We, You're a power user. We get it. In fact, if you had been wearing your shirt, you wouldn't even have had to do that.
0: Very true. Be like, look, read my shirt. What does it say?
1: Okay, so so the idea of a launcher, if you've not used one, is you press a couple keys on the keyboard. And, and, and the, then the you,
0: proper keys are command yeah,
1: space. Well, that depends on who you ask. But they, you have some magical keyboard incantation on your keyboard. And a little window opens up on your screen. And then you start typing things in there, and something happens. Um, and... And... Depending on which launcher you're using, different things can happen. Some of them are more powerful than others. Some of them are easier to use than others. And that's what we want to give you at the show some context so you know which one seems the right fit for you. But at the most basic level is you don't have to lift your hands off the keyboard and you can make things happen. Um, As an example, Spotlight, which is where the first focus of the show is going to be Spotlight. If you open Spotlight and you hit command space and type in the name of a friend, I'll type in Katie and it'll figure out that I'm talking about Katie Floyd because she's the Katie in my life. And then I can go down and click on uh, her phone number, and I can have my, my uh, iPhone call her. And that's it's just a real simple implementation of a launcher to make something happen. Or even simpler is I can hit command space, which is the spotlight keyboard shortcut by default, and type in Omni. And it's going to know that probably OmniFocus, which is the Omni app I open the most, is the one I want I'll hit return and OmniFocus opens. So all of this stuff allows you to do things like keep a bunch of applications off of your dock and and keep your hands on the keyboard so you can get work done faster. I mean, that's a good general statement of what a launcher does.
0: Right, and the launchers are intelligent. They get smarter the the more that you use them. And it's going to learn that if you, if you hit command space and you start typing David, and the first David is not the David that you want in your address book, but you always scroll down to David Sparks it's going to learn after the couple of times that you do that. Okay, from now on, I'm going to start returning David Sparks whenever you type David.
1: Yeah, and I believe all of the one I know that Alfred and LaunchBar do that. I believe uh, Spotlight does that as well, that it learns. Right, yeah, they do. And, um, you know, but let's start with what I think is the entry point is Spotlight itself. And a couple of years ago, if we'd done the show, we would have given Spotlight short shrift because it's just not – it's just not up to the task. At least it wasn't a few years ago. I mean, remember, it was a little window that opened in the upper right corner of the Mac, and it did a couple things, but it didn't do a lot of things. And it was, it was a launcher of applications and, and very little more. But the last couple of years, Apple has really upped the game for Spotlight.
0: Yeah, and it is Apple's default out of the box. So everyone who is listening to us, um, unless you're running OS 9 on your machine. Then I guess you have Sherlock. Maybe uh, has Spotlight yeah. <laughs> on their machine. Yeah, um, yeah. And and
1: by well, def- actually, I think it started about Tiger. It wasn't at the beginning, but anyway, that's yeah. that's uh, that's old yeah. news. But yeah. yeah, I mean, especially if you're running El Capitan or even Yosemite, you're going to get a lot of power out of hitting Command Space on your keyboard.
0: And by default, things that you can do in Spotlight you're going to be able to launch apps. So if you hit command space and you start typing the first couple of letters of an application, so if you type MA, it's probably going to bring up the mail app. Um, if, if you type SA, it's probably going to bring up Safari. So just by hitting command space FSA, it's going to bring up Safari. Um, the other thing that it can do is it can do web searches. Um, Apple's default search is, is Bing, so it's going to search Bing for your web searches. So if you start searching for something, it's, it's going to pull up a Bing web search. And then it can also look for things in your computer, because remember Spotlight has done a full index of your computer except for any items that you've specifically excluded. So it's going to be able to go through and it's going to be able to see things that you've bookmarked. So if you start typing the name, you know, for example, Bank of America is a bookmark that I have. So if you start typing bank or if I start typing bank, it's probably going to pull up Bank of America from my bookmarks or from my history. It's going to be able to pull up those recent things. Um, It's going to be able to pull up, like we talked about, if I start typing David, it's going to see that I have David in my contacts. And so, it's not only going to be able to pull up David from my contacts, but it's also going to be able to search through items. It's going to search through my mail, and it's going to be able to bring up, you know, recent email conversations that I've had with David. It's going to bring up David's contact card. Uh, It's going to bring up documents that may have David's name mentioned in those. And so, all of those are going to be organized First, based on what it thinks is my most likely hit, and then based on how I've got my Spotlight preferences organized.
1: Yeah, now, just to kind of expand on that a little bit, like going back to application opening, and I did a little research before the show. I couldn't find out when this changed, but it used to be that Spotlight was very literal. Like if I wanted to open OmniFocus, I would have to type O-M-N-I-F, and then usually that was enough to get there. I could not type just O-F for you know short for the two primary letters i think in my head when i think of this application and i don't know if it was el cap or it was yosemite but i think it was one of those two where spotlight got smarter where now if you type in the letters of that used to be a distinguisher between it and some of the more uh, professional versions like launch bar and, and alfred mm-hmm. now spotlight does that and um it really um, it has come a long way in improving the search, and and I think even just like if you've never done this, application launching is the easiest way to get started. I mean, just hit Command Space and type in the name of the app you want. Do not go into the, the you know the bar and click the app, or go go into what did they call it that rocket ship icon? I always remove it immediately. Uh, launchpad. Launchpad. Do not, yeah. Not going to launchpad and be scrolling around. That, I mean, that, that'll drive you nuts. Just. Just type in the name of the app, and, and it goes right away with Spotlight. Um, so so get, get in there and do some of that. Now, uh, when it does some of these additional features, it does them in a very Apple-y way, uh, especially with El Capitan. I think it got very pretty. I mean, the layout's really nice. Um, like if I type Katie Floyd, it will give me a, a very nice layout for... Her contact card. It gives me a nice picture. Katie, you're smiling at me right now. I love that. I'm gonna <laughs> just keep that open. Just gonna keep it open the rest of the show. And um, the um, and then it's got links there to to make a phone call to do a FaceTime call. What it doesn't do, and this is where Spotlight can. This is an example where Spotlight falls down, in my opinion, is it doesn't make it easy for me to to dial that phone number without taking my hands off the keyboard. You know, it just. It, the, the the number is displayed, but if I want to make a phone call to Katie, I've got to go mouse over it and then click on it and make things happen. Or if I want to get a co- – let's say I want to copy her her phone number out and put it into a document. Same thing, I have to do this fiddly thing to get it selected. I mean, it's not the end of the world. but And, and if you're just getting started with this stuff, you're probably just fine. Uh, but it's just kind of an example of where, where the, the focus – for Apple is I want to make this really simple. I want to make it really pretty and I want normal users, not people who listen to the Mac power users to be tempted to try to use it a little bit. And it's a great kind of gateway drug into this stuff. Um, Some things that Apple does because it's spotlight is integrated into the operating system. They do some things a little better. Um, Like I remember when the, um, the baseball games were playing through the playoffs. If you just type in the name of the team, it gives you the, the current score and a nice image of that. Um, so there's a couple of things that I would say that they've, they're even exceeding some of the paid applications. But in general, um, everything is about simplicity and, and looking good. I think that's the, the primary focus for all these features Katie talked about. Like another good example is file manipulation or ex- file display. Katie had mentioned that you can get to files with this. If you type in the name of a folder that you use for frequently, let's say you have a client named Smith and uh, you type in smith and you're going to see on the list there that the smith file the folder that contains the smith file is showing up in your spotlight search Um, but you cannot um, activate it without um, going going through and clicking on it which is just a little slow and it it doesn't like like, doesn't let you drill down into the file it just doesn't go as deep with a lot of the features we're going to talk about with the paid applications but if you just want to get to the smith file quickly and uh, you haven't you know, paid for any of these additional applications, Spotlight will get you there a lot faster than opening the Finder and drilling for it.
0: The other thing is Spotlight has a few tricks up its sleeve that it can do that the other apps can't do. Uh, Spotlight has the ability to pull information around you. So, for example, you can search for local restaurants. Um, you can search for, for example, if you type the name of a, a restaurant, it will find it. It may be able to give you the hours because it's pulling that information in from Yelp or from from Maps. Uh, you can search for businesses. It may be able to tell you whether that business is currently open or closed right now. Um, so you can find that type of information through Spotlight. I don't believe you can with Launch Bar Alfred unless you've got it in your address book.
1: How do you find a restaurant? I, I was just trying that because I wasn't aware or I forgot. Um, and if,
0: if you open Spotlight, start typing the name of it.
1: No, I just thought like, can you show me a list of local res, restaurants? If I if I say restaurant, then put in my zip code, does that work that way? No, it doesn't.
0: No, it doesn't work that way, and it's it's a little bit hit or miss. But like, if you start typing in the name of a restaurant, it will find it from the surrounding places. Basically, okay. it's doing a map search.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it gets you into maps. Okay, right. I got that. Uh, I, I, when the way you describe, I'm thinking, well, that'd be kind of cool if I just type in restaurants, it gives me a list of the restaurants around me.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that, a better way to say it is, it, it's giving you local places. It's it's doing a places yeah. search, not necessarily restaurants. Yeah, but Maps also and, has some of that information to tell you what the hours are, because Maps also, I think, plugs into Yelp.
1: Exactly. Like, um, and and then. Uh, it has the ability to display that map's data right in the application, so as you do the spotlight search, you get a map you get uh nicely formatted hours and address and phone number, so that 's nice, and it even has the the Yelp rating attached to it so that 's the kind of thing you can do um that i 'm not sure that apple's going to make all that stuff available to third party app developers to put in to to their applications.
0: Right, of course, it's going to be again, a little bit. Focus is, yeah, it's going to be a little bit ahead. slower though because it's connecting out to the internet versus finding local data.
1: And, and and once again, it's going to be really pretty, and it's not going to be all that accessible or useful for a keyboard jockey. You know, it just I, I feel like you know maybe a good way to put it is is, is um, Spotlight is if the other applications we're going to talk about give you nouns and verbs, you know, the ability to find something and the ability to act on it. Spotlight is more of a noun. It it gives you the ability to find something acting on it is going to require some, some more work. Yeah. But uh spotlight is a lot better than it used to be. And, and I would recommend, like I said, if you haven't tried this stuff and you don't want to start out by spending money, um, spend a little time, spend a week using spotlight and, and look up contacts on it. Look up, you know, we, we hadn't mentioned it, but you know, it's indexing documents as well. If you're, Instead of we're looking for the Smith file, you're looking for the Smith proposal, and you just type Smith proposal. That's the name of the pages file, for instance. It's going to show up really quickly, and that is a lot faster, once again, than opening the Finder, drilling through subfolders, and all the other nonsense you got to do to get to that document.
0: Right. And I think every Mac user should know how to use Spotlight because even if you decide that you've graduated from Spotlight and you want to move on to one of the more powerful launchers that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, Spotlight is on every Mac that you're going to use. So if you're going to be using a friend or a family member's Mac or a Mac at the office that maybe you're not going to be able to install some of these third-party utilities on, you want to make sure that you can be a Spotlight power user. So that when you don't have access to your Mac and um, some of these other tools, that you can make the most out of it. It is a it is a great first step, um, and and I think everyone should be familiar with it. A, A couple of things to note: you can customize Spotlight. If you go into System Preferences, you can go in and do things like specifically, you know, if you never want Spotlight to show you Maps data, you can turn that off. Or if you never want Spotlight Um, to return spreadsheets for whatever reason. You can turn on and off the the types of things and the types of information that Spotlight's going to search. And similarly, you can also prioritize things. So if you always want your applications to show up first, drag those to the tops. If you always want your contacts to show up next, drag contacts right under Spotlight. So it's going to prioritize the order that it gives you those search results in.
1: Yeah, in fact, all of these applications, if you're a fiddly person, uh, you're going to have some fun because... With all of these, you can make a lot of customizations like this, where you can really fine tune exactly how it's going to give you the information you want to see. Um, all right, you can, but you can do some more with Spotlight as well if you look into some of these third-party applications. And Katie, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. You did this part of the outline, and I don't, I don't know what those. I know there's apps out there, but I haven't played with them too much because I'm using one of these other products a lot.
0: I really don't know what you're talking
1: about. Getting more advanced requires third-party applications.
0: Well, the, the, we're going to talk about those with the Alfred and, and launch bar.
1: Ah, I thought yeah. you meant there was a third-party application. See, it was in the outline under Spotlight. Like, so I'm like, oh, maybe there's something else you can do with it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I, I know there are some spotlight add on applications out there. I've seen them come across the wire a few times. I haven't played with any of them, so um, I'm not going to make any recommendations there, but, but you know, I guess then somebody, summing it back, I'd misread the outline. Sorry, but it was in the <laughs> spotlight section, so I thought you meant there was some application I wasn't aware of. Uh, but but either way, um, so so spotlight is a great entry point. It's uh, it's a good. It, it's getting better with every iteration. I suspect with you know you know OS ten point twelve El Segundo or whatever the next version is, it's going to be even better. So. So there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, you, you were mentioning earlier that you think everybody should use it. That's I get a lot of grief because from my launching, I use um, a Control Space for Launch Bar, and I use Command Space, which is the default Spotlight command. And for me, that just goes way back. Quicksilver's default was Control Space, so I just always got used to that. But I do like the ability to use both Spotlight and... Um, launch bar because sometimes there's something I want to use with one versus a different one.
0: Yeah, I've switched my spotlight to uh, to option space. Okay. Which you can do. It's in the preferences. So
1: well it's muscle memory. Whatever your muscle memory is, just make it work. Yeah. Uh, all these applications allow you to customize it. Yeah. But you're right. We you can do some more with some of these other applications. And I think it's probably time for us to um to talk to move about on to that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But before we do, why don't we take a quick break and uh why don't you tell us a little bit about our uh, exclusive sponsor for this episode?
1: Yeah, we'd like to welcome back Smile Software and their product Text Expander as the exclusive sponsor of this Launcher Smackdown. Uh, we love the people over at Smile. They've been making great software for the Mac and iOS for many years and and one of my favorite applications that they make is Text Expander. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, but I'd like to talk today a little bit about why text expander not only makes me more productive, it also makes me a better communicator. And that's when I'm when I'm dealing with people and I'm sending out emails or some of the other types of communications I do in writing. Uh, I, I like to do a good job of those letters, but sometimes they're repeated and you send them out quite frequently. It's really easy if you're typing it out, you know, longhand. I guess would be the way you'd say it. Um, it'd be really easy to kind of cut corners and. Not use complete sentences, and you, you just fall into this habit that we're all getting with the rise of Twitter and social media, where we don't actually write in sentences. Uh, text expander helps you helps you fight that off. I just did a post over at Max Barkey about how I send my billings out from the law practice, and one of the key elements of it is that I have this text expander snippet, and it's got um, four different elements to it because when I send out a bill to a client. Uh, There's four questions I may have. I mean, they may want me to send it to somebody else, or they may want me to send them the credit card form, or, you know, there's different things I may want to ask them. So I wrote it all out nice in Text Expander. And then it's those selection boxes. So you can just select which pieces of that you want to go out in the particular email. And doing that allows me to send out a really nicely crafted email to every client every month that is also customized to what their particular needs are. Um, Text Expander now makes that easy. You know, they have the suggested abbreviations and they make it just much easier to put all this together. Um, you can place the snippet data anywhere now iCloud Drive or Dropbox. Uh, it's fully ca- uh, compatible with El Capitan. It works great. And it's just a really nice way to send out really clean communications to people you're working with. Anytime you find yourself writing an email that feels tedious to you, I recommend thinking about turning it into a text expander snippet because there's a good chance you're going to need to do it again. So get it done right, save it as a snippet, and then you're fine. It doesn't matter if you have a thousand snippets because text expander has a search feature. In fact, one of the the plugins for one of the launchers we're going to talk about, and I suspect for launch bar, but I suspect you can do it in for too. You can search your snippets. Right in the launcher, but in TextExpander, you don't even have to do that. You just go up to the menu bar and they've got a little search bar right there. So even if you only use that email two or three times in the next year, it's already done for you. And it can allow you to send the proper email out to these people without having to retype it or reinvent the wheel. This is just one of the many things you can do with TextExpander. It's so powerful. They keep adding additional features to make automation better, uh, to make syncing over to iOS. And Katie's going to talk about TextExpander and iOS in the next ad spot. But it, I just can't say enough for this application. It's the, it's, the, it's the entry point to automation on your Mac and your iOS devices. It, it really makes a difference in making you look professional and saving you time. It does all of that. Uh, you can get it over at uh, smilesoftware.com. Text Expanders, like I said, for the Mac and iOS. Katie's going to talk about it more later. And uh, thank you, Text Expander, for sponsoring the show.
0: So let's talk about what I would call kind of the next step up in launchers. And that is Alfred. And we did an entire show devoted to Alfred. It was episode 133. And I'm a big Alfred fan. I used Alfred for a number of years. I I switched over from Launchbar to Alfred kind of in preparation for that Mac Power users episode. Gosh, 133. That was that was years and years and years ago now it seems. Um,
1: yeah, and, and no wonder you're forgetting things I
0: know And yeah. and stayed, stayed on Alfred for a number of years Before I, I switched back to Lunch Bar And you know, true story David We were just talking before the show Going, oh, I miss Alfred too I love Lunch Bar, but I miss Alfred too uh, and Alfred um, has an interesting business model. The, the basic version of Alfred is free. So if you think you might want a little more power than Spotlight, um, you can go try Alfred for free. And then what they do is they add what they call a power pack, which really gives you all the additional functionality that you're you're going to want. Uh, and it's about 26 bucks for the power pack, and then they've got family licensing and, and things like that. So the free features that you can get for Alfred is a lot of what you can already do in Spotlight and then a few more features. So for example, you can launch applications, you can find files, um, you can search the web, although it it has better web search than Spotlight. So you can search more web services than you could just through Spotlight. Um, Alfred can do basic calculations like Spotlight can. Uh, Alfred can do things like spell and define words. So if you want to get a, a definition for something, or if you're not quite sure of the spelling of something, Alfred can do that. I don't believe Spotlight can do that. And then Alfred can also do things with your system. So for example, if you want to empty the trash, if you want to start a screen saver, if you want to lock the screen, or perhaps put, put the computer to sleep, um, Alfred has a number of system commands that it can execute. Um, Alfred also has the ability to preview files. So you can search for files and folders and preview right there. Within Alfred, so pretty much all of the things that you can do within Spotlight, um, but a couple of a couple of enhanced features as well.
1: Yeah, it you know when when Alfred first came out, one of the things I liked about it was I thought it was very attractive. They did a really good job with just the look of it, and you know that's a, that's a thing when you're using software every day. You want it to be pretty and to just seem you know like it looks nice. Uh, I I tried it and I I worked with it as we prepped for uh, show one thirty three, but I felt like for me, I was just a launch bar guy. I mean, I had the launch bar key combinations to me are so second nature that it was really hard for me to try and switch to a different system. And I'm not saying one system is better than the other; they're both good systems. But you know, when you've got one internalized, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try to you know to change all of that. Um, but yeah, it is a really good application. In fact, I really one of the things I really like about this is I was looking at both of these applications in preparation for today's show is. Isn't it nice that there's this competition between these two products, and these two companies are, which you know, we're friends with both the people that run both of these companies, and and they're both really great teams, and they both are really dedicated to making amazing software. But having both of them on the market really has increased the the feature sets and things you can do with these applications over the years.
0: Um. And they keep pushing each other forward, which is great. Like, I believe Alfred was the first to come out with, um, I think they call them Workflow. And then shortly thereafter, in the next version, LaunchBar came out with extensions.
1: Yeah. And and those, the whole idea of these work, in fact, that was one of the things that tracked me to Alfred in in my brief dalliance over there, um, was the idea of Workflows, where you can create custom, like, applications. You know, they use JavaScript in different scripting languages to turn it into, you know, different applications. Like with Alfred, one of the big ones was integration with Fantastical. I mean, we all um, that use Fantastical, we know that you hit a keyboard combination, it opens a little window, and you can type in a cool short description, and it creates events for you and does all sorts of neat things. Like if you add slash P, it puts it in your personal calendar. If you type alarm 15, it puts a 15-minute alarm. So there's all this great stuff you can do with the keyboard. And and one of the first things Alfred did with these workflows is integrate with that, so you could do it right from the Alfred window.
0: Yeah, um, and and I want to talk about workflows a little bit, but we haven't even touched on the Power Pack features yet. I think you're getting okay, all, well,
1: a little I, bit. Ahead I'm sorry, I got excited. You did Let's get talk excited. about Power Pack features. Yeah,
0: so I mean, everything that we've talked about except for the workflows so far has has been in the free features. When you add on the Power Pack, um, which is how Alfred makes their money, that's how they sustain development of the application. Is is where you really get it you know, into the meat and potatoes of of Alfred. And that gives you things like um, advanced search, where you can filter for file types within search and get quick access to certain sites. That's where you get a a clipboard manager. So where you can um, uh, save, I I don't know how far it backs, but far enough for sure. Um, You can save your clipboard, you can go back and you can merge your clipboard or see what you've copied and pasted before and and merge those things together or have multiple clipboards and go back and forth. And some people just pay for a clipboard manager itself. Both Alfred and LaunchBar have these features built into them.
1: Yeah. Which is nice. They're they're super useful, these things. And I guess I'm, I'm probably banging on too much about it, but if you can incorporate one of these products into your life on your Mac, you will get faster and things do get easier. And um, it's just worth the time it takes to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Um, Alfred also has the ability to let you control like iTunes, for example. So you can start music and play music. Um, you can browse through your documents, you know, recently used documents and files. And then you can do things with those documents. So you can um, attach them to email. So you can navigate through your file system through the keyboard. Um, and then you can move those files, copy them, find where those files are in the finder, um, upload them, send them to an email, and do things. And I think that was a feature that LaunchBar had first, And then it it came, it came over to Alfred. So again, there's a little, a little tick tock back and forth. Um, and, uh, contacts is a big feature within Alfred. You can look up information in your contacts, um, and then you can create a new email. You can call somebody. You can copy their address, and then it will show show you their information in large type. Um, and then Alfred will also um, it has some app integration. Of course, it integrates with my integrates with my favorite app, One Password. So if you've saved information with One Password and you give One Password and Alfred access to each other, um, you can access your One Password bookmarklets within Alfred. Which means it will automatically open a site and fill your password from that site. Now Launchbar does something similar as well, but it's just a game changer when you're using tools like this, because you no longer have to open Safari and then browse to the site that you want and then fill the password with the one password bookmarklet, I mean which is amazing as it is. Now you can ju- <clears throat> excuse me, now you can just do it without ever taking your fingers off the keyboard.
1: Yeah, and and Katie talked about custom searches with Alfred, and you get the same thing with LaunchBar. But the ability to hit a magic keyboard combination and then have it say, okay, you're in Google Images, or you're in DuckDuckGo, or you're at katiefloyd.com, and say, okay, I want to search that site with the following phrase. And you do it from this launcher, and then once you hit the, the key, it opens up Safari or your browser of choice and goes to the appropriate site and does the search for you. It's just, you know, I don't know. I know all these things seem silly because you can can obviously do all of that stuff, the traditional way of going to the Safari, browsing to the appropriate website and doing a search there, or if you know how to do it in Google. But all that stuff just takes extra time. And every time you can pick up your computer, let's say you save, I don't know, let's say you save three minutes a day using one of these launchers.
0: I think you'll
1: save more than that. Yeah. You know, as I said that I was thinking, I I know I save more than that every day doing it, but I mean, it just, it does save time. And just having the experience with your computer where you push a button and things happen really fast is exactly the kind of experience that makes you want to work more on your computer and get things done. So, so that's really nice. I mean, the ability to search a specific website. Um, Alfred, I know has the ability with a power pack to to sync your settings. So if you've got a laptop and an, and an iMac, it's going to get your settings and all your Alfred settings just synced across, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. Because once you get those settings tweaked, just the way you like them, you want to make sure that they they're everywhere.
1: Yeah. And like I said earlier, these apps are fiddly. I mean, you can really go in and spend some time in the settings and make it your own, which which as you get deeper into this, you'll inevitably will do. Um, but first, you kind of want to find out how you use it. Um now you you haven't been using Alfred much lately, though, correct?
0: I, I haven't, but I tell you, yeah. as I've been kind of researching it for the show, I, I do kind of find myself longing for it.
1: Okay, I think you should go and use it again. You think and I then, should talk about that? Or, uh, yeah. I, I'm an old dog on this. I I like my launch bar. You're not going to take it away from me. I love launch um, bar
0: too. Can can but, you have two loves?
1: Yeah, you can. It's okay. It's okay. You can cool. love alligators and crocodiles.
0: Well, I don't really care for either, honestly,
1: but. But but the um, but yeah go go use it some more and then on the live show re, re, uh, report back. I can tell you that um, we did a uh, I did a tweet out in prep for today's show, and lots of listeners wrote in saying what they like to do and and quite a few of them uh, are Alfred fans. So I mean, there's a lot of people out there that really love it. So
0: I I think the barrier to entry for Alfred is a little bit lower now. I I think Launch Bar you can do a lot of the basic features with LaunchBar, such as launching applications and finding things. and um, I think you can do all of that very easily with LaunchBar, and that's fairly easy to configure. But I think to really get into some of the deep power user features with LaunchBar, and there are a lot of them there, I think it requires some time and some training and some dedication on your part. And I think if you're willing to put that time in, you're going to get that back tenfold for sure. I think Alfred has a little bit lower barrier to entry and perhaps not quite the depth of LaunchBar. I mean, it hasn't been around as long as LaunchBar has. So I'm not sure that it has quite the depth that LaunchBar does. But I think it's perhaps a little bit lower barrier to entry and that you can get started and up and running and up and running a little bit more efficiently faster with Alfred. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, maybe. I see, I found when I try to use Alfred that it it just wasn't working for me, but I think part right. But of it you was were a big,
0: very advanced Launch Bar user at the time exactly. you started I using the, Alfred. I have
1: these ingrained, ingrained motor memory type things. In fact, as you were talking through the feature set in Alfred, my hands were just like, uh, you know, it's like when you're talking. You can select a file. And I was thinking, you know, uh, I was thinking Control Long Space. You know, it like all the stuff I can do in Launch Bar. You know, I, I, I was thinking my my fingers were thinking of how to do what you were describing. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. okay. And
0: they do many well, of the same things. Um, yeah. And we got off the topic, but workflows. You know, Alfred introduced the idea of workflows first, which is this. Uh, and and I think as a result, Alfred has a little bit deeper uh, workflow community right now than Launchbar does. Although I know they're there, and you can work, um, you can create your own. Um, but Alfred has this ability to add workflows on, and they've got their, um, you know, on their website they highlight about a dozen different workflows that you can just immediately download right off the bat and start integrating. So you, for example, can integrate Alfred with Fantastical, So you can add calendar entries and search in natural language. You can integrate with Evernote to create new notes and search your notes. You can integrate with Spotify so that you can have a mini Spotify player and and access to your playlist and and to play um, and, and go forward and go back. Um, you can integrate mail search. you can integrate Amazon search. You can integrate a workflow to activate and deactivate uh, the caffeine application, which is that application that keeps your mac from from going to sleep or yeah uh, and stuff and you can do all these things with launch bar um, but You have to know how to be able to plug in some of these things. Some of them are built in off the bat. You know, Alfred has, um, for your beloved Philips Hue lights, they have a Philips Hue controller built in that you can integrate. So they've got a dozen or so of these um, integrations built in off their website. And then if you go in the Alfred Forum, or there are a couple of websites dedicated to this, uh, you can probably find hundreds more.
1: Yeah. And and the nice thing about both of these, for uh, these, these workflow or extensions, is there's a lot of really smart people out there building them. In fact, when we get to LaunchBar, just as we were I was prepping the show, at least my part of the show, the, I found that one of my favorite applications had released a LaunchBar extension. They probably have one for Alfred, too. And it's really nice. So there's a lot of smart people out there creating these extensions. You don't have to go write your own JavaScript to make an extension. You can just go download one that is probably going to do what you want. Um, I, I think we should switch over to launch bar and talk about that one. Then we can kinda of come back and compare and contrast. Uh but before we do so, you wanna take a second uh to talk about text expander on iOS?
0: Yeah, let's talk about Text Expander on on iOS, and, and I want to build a little bit off of what you were talking about with the the idea of how Text Expander helps you become a, a more effective communicator. Uh, first off, I don't know what secret sauce that Smile has been putting in Text Expander lately, whether it's you know work behind under the hood that they've been doing with Text Expander, or if it's iOS nine improvements, or a combination of both. Uh, but I am loving Text Expander, the Text Expander keyboard uh, on on iOS nine. It, it has almost kind of become my default keyboard because you know you can rotate between uh, keyboards, and the Text Expander keyboard is really really good on iOS nine. Have you noticed that, David?
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. It, it you know, and they've got a lot better. I mean, the company Smile is you know, when they first did it. That was the first keyboard they'd ever created, and it's it's got a lot better since because they've learned so much about how keyboards work and how people use them. Uh, it's absolutely use uh, useful even when you're not doing text expander snippets.
0: Yeah. So, but I I've gotten ahead of myself. So what you know, David talked about text expander on the Mac and how that gives you the ability to create all of these these snippets of text these these long snippet uh, blocks of text that that you can expand by just using a few quick key keywords or phrases on the mac and the beauty with text expander is it now syncs with all of these various cloud services and you can bring all of that information now over to iOS and they've worked with a number of developers who have Baked text expander support right into their apps. And they've got a, a great list on their website of all of the text expander enhanced iOS apps. And they've got a free SDK for developers available on their website. So developers, you can go build that right in. But they've also got the text expander keyboard, which means you can have access to all of your text expander snippets in any application anywhere. So for example, Apple Mail, Apple's probably not going to create a text expander enhanced version of Apple Mail, unfortunately. I think they should. But until they do, you can flip over to the text expander keyboard and you can start typing a few uh, phrases and they can expand in text expander. And now you have access to the full range of your text expander snippets in Apple Mail. Same with iMessage. Now, I kind of am a, a little bit older than the typical texting crowd. I, I missed that whole phase. I don't know what half of these phrases are that people send me in text messages and emails. And I know they do it because they're typing on these these small cramped keyboards and they don't want to type out complete sentences, but that drives me crazy. And I don't do that because I've got text expanders, so I can form out complete sentences with punctuation. If you get a text message from me, it's probably going to be real words, real sentences with punctuation. Part of that is part due to text expander. So it's going to help you be a better communicator. If I'm corresponding with clients from my iPhone because I'm not in the office, they're never going to know because I'm going to be able to send them a fully formed email, much of which has probably already been written with, with pre-planned text expander snippets. You know, sent from my iPhone, they're never going to know that I wasn't in the office. Uh, so you can find more information about Text Expander and Text Expander Touch and the whole line of products from Smile over at smilesoftware.com slash mpu. And thanks to Smile for their kind support of the show.
1: You know, uh, preparing for today's show, I, I wanted to not because I've been a Launch Bar user and kind of an advocate of it for so long. I mean, mpu fan numbers. Boy. I don't know. I wouldn't say fanboy, but I. I'm appreciative of what the application allows me to do. And, um, and I spent some time with Alfred as we got ready for that show, but I, I really have always been a launch bar guy. So I went over and I tried to spend some time with, with Alfred in prep for today's show, but I just don't know it as well as I know something I use every day. So uh, just thinking about that last segment, if you're a big Alfred fan, and I know we have a couple out there uh, in the Twitter verse, uh, please send us an audio comment, tell us how you're using it and, And, you know, let's share the love there's there's we're not trying to, you know, pick on anybody here. We I like both these companies, but but I do really like LaunchBar and it's made a huge difference for me. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about with LaunchBar that it does that I think is is it's much different from Spotlight because it gives me the nouns and the verbs. It gives me the ability to find something and then act upon it. And that to me, it makes a huge difference for somebody who wants to work off the keyboard. It's got a lot more customization, a lot more under the hood. That being said, there are some parts that Apple does with with Spotlight that I think are really pretty and nice uh, that aren't available to LaunchBar, and that's the reason why I still have that hotkey uh, command space available to me. Uh, but I do think that they've really come a long way. Since the last time we did the show on Launch Bar. they've added um, a lot of features, and it starts with... The indexing database. I mean, what is it that this application is looking at? You know, since we recorded the show in 2009 on LaunchBar, for instance, Apple has added an integrated tagging system to the Mac OS operating system. I mean, that just didn't exist before. I mean, we had kind of a quasi-tagging system that we used to do in Spotlight of all places, but we really have tagging now. And LaunchBar bar looks at those tags, so you can search them if you use them. Your reminder list, your Safari favorites tabs, your reading list—you know the the Safari version of Instapaper—that you can search that as well. It Even searches emoji, which I think is kind of funny. If you want to, you, you want an index of anybody I send emoji to with a little poop. I guess it must be yogurt or poop. No, sure. I think it's poop. Yeah. So I could go find that as it's indexed. And, and that's the whole thing. The more you index, the more power you have. Like one of the first things I always do when I install launch bar is I point it at my Dropbox folder and my transporter folder where I've got some documents on both of those that I'd like to be have indexed and it'll index them for you. So it goes through and finds things for me. Um, the other thing you can do with it is once you've got that, then you can make stuff happen. So we've talked now twice about the ability to launch apps. I'm not going to go over it again. But the fact is you can launch apps, you know, just, just like you can with Spotlight. Uh, you can also do documents and, um, and folders and bookmarks and just about anything else that you want to find. So if I want to go to the Squarespace site for Max Barkey, I just type SSM and... It knows that that's the bookmark and I've done it so many times over the years that it just goes and opens that page in Safari and I'm already logged in and I can start, you know, working on a post or do site maintenance or something like that. So that's an example of how I use it all the time, but I also use it for recent documents and, um, and even personal information. We we talked a little bit about contacts, um, let me just go into that a little bit because for some reason I use the contacts sourcing in Launch Bar every day, many times, and it's just really easy for me. So you you do this spot the uh, the Launch Bar activation, which for me is Control Space, but for whatever you use that that's fine. What was you said Katie? It's Option Space for you. Yeah. Or use Command Space and then Option Space for Spotlight. No, I'm sorry, well, I way.
0: use Command Space for Launch Bar and Option Space for Spotlight.
1: So when I do it and I type Katie Floyd, it, it doesn't give me the same look as um as the spotlight does. For, it does put your face next to it, which is nice. So you're smiling at me again. But it just gives you your name with an arrow. And then I can use the arrow key to go over and I have all of this data on you. I've got, you know, your direct line at work, the bat phone in the basement. The uh, It's got your birthday list. So I've got all this information on you. And I can act on it. So if I go down to the email and I hit return, it opens a new email address to that email address. If I go down to the phone and hit return, uh, you can have it do whatever you want. It used to be that you, uh, the best thing you could do with it is display in large type. In fact, back when I was working for the man, uh, I really liked that because I had to use the office phone to make most of my calls. And I had a standing desk with my Mac at one end of the room. and. So, I would just go in Launch Bar and display your phone number in large text. and I could walk across the room to the phone and see it. And that was great. Um, now, you have the ability to call it with your phone, your iPhone. I mean, it's got, you know, th- that thing that Spotlight has, Launch Bar has that now too. So, you can actually have it dial. So, th- there's all this great stuff you can act on. The other thing you can do in that contact list, though, and this is something, and this is, the, I guess, the point of me yammering on about it, is you can copy that information into the clipboard which is really useful. Like if I'm sending a letter to Katie and I've got my template for a new letter open uh, and I, and I just go in and launch bar and type uh command space, KF right arrow, down arrow, down arrow to address command C. Okay. So I just, in that, those few keystrokes, I've just got Katie's address in my clipboard. And then when I go and paste it in pages or word, it, it pastes it in properly and it's got her full address information there. If you've got a, a job where you have to put information into web forms or to word documents. This stuff is just so fast. I mean, I don't know any other way to do it. I tried when I was prepping for the show, I tried to do it uh, through spotlight and the way to do it in spotlight is you open it up with Katie Floyd. Then you have to go in with the mouse, but you can't click on the address because then it'll do things or the phone number. It'll do things. You have to get the cursor at the very end of the line and then click and hold and drag to the left and then it'll select it. And then you can command C I mean, the whole process, as uh, ridiculous as it sounds, the whole process takes a lot longer, and it's not as efficient. And um, this is just one reason why I think these paid applications are worth the money.
0: So I, too, am a big LaunchBar user. In fact, I've been using LaunchBar off and on for, gosh, four or five years, at least as long as we've been doing my power users.
1: Yeah, well we did the show. We did the show 2009. episode seven,
0: two thousand nine. Okay. How however yeah. long that's been. At yeah. least at least longer than that. And and Launch Bar was my original love. You know, Launch Bar Launch Bar has been around longer I think it's been is it the longest launcher?
1: Well, Quicksilver.
0: Quicksilver Well,
1: wins that award? I don't know. Yeah, Quicksilver. You know what? I'm not sure either. I, I think Quicksilver was first, but in at least in my own um knowledge. Quicksilver. I had heard of Quicksilver long before I heard of LaunchBar.
0: Yeah. And LaunchBar is the one that I I use every day. In fact, I just hit command space. And then sometimes I think for a minute, what what was I trying to do? Because my hands are faster than sometimes my brain is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I know I want to go do something. And I know the first step to do anything on my computer is I hit command space. Yeah. And then I may not necessarily know what's next, but LaunchBar is sitting there waiting for me saying, okay, can I help you? What did you need? Um, One of the things that I have found particularly important with LaunchBar um, is configuring that index, because LaunchBar is so powerful, um, and it has access to be able to index so many things. I've actually gone into LaunchBar, and I have tweaked the index so that some of the things by default don't show up in LaunchBar. So, for example, one of the things that I was having trouble with is um, previous recipients of, of emails... Uh, we're coming up pretty regularly in my Launch Bar searches. And, you know, I don't ever want to see that. I don't want to see previous recipients of emails because that's probably not what I'm looking for. But those are things that you can go in and you can customize and, and you can turn off. So that's uh, probably a more advanced tip. But if, if you're struggling with seeing too many results or having somewhat of information overload, you can go into the Launch Bar index. And specifically tell it, you know what, turn these categories of things on or off. I don't want to see them. And you might be surprised. In fact, that's kind of a good way to start learning about some of the features of some of the things it can do and what it has access to is just see what's in there.
1: Yeah. Another one I do every day is I add reminders. You know, we've talked a lot about how I use OmniFocus to manage my tasks. But I have lists for like going to Home Depot and Target and, you know, various places. And I keep those in reminders lists because I share them with my life and it just it just works. Uh, But adding, let's say I'm sitting here and I think I want to add, you know, buy something at Target and um, uh, buy cold medicine. And so the way I can do that with Spotlight is I could hit the Spotlight. I could go and type RE to open the reminders application, which opens an application on my Mac. And then I go and select with the mouse the target list, and I go in and I add buy cold medicine. Now with with launch bar, the way to do this is you activate launch bar and you type target, which is the, the target list. And that's the first thing it's gonna see for me, because it knows I'm always adding stuff. And it does the target list. I hit return and it says new entry, and I type buy cold medicine. It adds that to my reminders list, my target list in reminders. The application never opens. I never take my hands off the keyboard. And I can add something to the list as quickly as I can think of it. And it's just a really efficient way to add information. This is one of the reasons why, um, you know, people still buy Macs. Because you can do stuff like this that just isn't possible in iOS. Yeah. you, using something like this, you can really do it fast. Well, which and then is great. you can
0: you can think about what happens on the back end with all of that stuff. So, you know, for example, OmniFocus has the ability to quickly let you add things by using a keyboard shortcut. But OmniFocus also has the ability to pull things out of a list. So you probably also have an OmniFocus list and reminders. So if you want yeah, I, to, I could if I want, yeah, you could yeah. just add your OmniFocus list. Um, do, for example, is an app for the Mac that yeah it has a little issue sometimes syncing. And so I don't use the do app on my Mac. Um, I use it on my iPhone. but i do have I do have do sync to um, a reminders list on my mac. so I, I like do for um, it it gives you very frequent reminders. So if you set a reminder for seven o'clock, it's going to remind you like every fifteen minutes by default until you check off whatever you've done. So yeah. I'll add things to my do list from Launch bar on the Mac. Because you know if if I'm just not around my iPhone, rather than have the do application install, I'm sure that's not what the developer intended, but I bought it. So there
1: yeah, you go. That that, that, is, that application saved my marriage in some ways, because I, I could never remember to take the trash out on Thursday nights. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I couldn't. And and Daisy's like, you know, you really could remember that. I shouldn't have to remind you and she's absolutely right. So, you know, I took Katie's advice saying I installed do. And now on Thursday nights, it, it pesters me like nobody's business until I take those trash cans out. Well, there you go. Um, uh, anyway, so, um, uh, it, it, we didn't, What we didn't talk about with launch bar and, and this is true with, with Alfred as well is the ability to act on files. This is another super useful tool. So, uh, one of the things that happens is my, my desktop does work for me kind of as like a storage, active storage when I'm working on a file or something, but, when I'm done with things, I usually have a place I want to send them. One of the places I send things is to the action folder. you know we've talked about this in past episodes. That's the folder that Hazel's always watching that's renaming and moving files, and it's kind of like the it's kind of like the sweatshop of my Mac's file system. So a lot of things go in there. Uh, if I have two or three fi- files on my desktop that I want to put into the action folder, I could select them all and hit command C and then go in finder and find the action folder, drill to it and hit command V or drag them in. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways I could do it, but there's no way faster than with launch bar where I just select the three files. And then I, I do the activation code, which is the kind of the action key in launch bar. And this is an example where Kitty was talking about. It's a little more complicated. Uh, If you hold the command, your, your activation key for me, it's control space, but instead of just tapping uh, control space, You hit control and you you hold that down and you hold the space key down for a minute. Then it acts on those files. So it says, okay, you've got these three files selected. Now you want me to do something with them. And if I just type AC and that's as far as I need to go, because LaunchBar knows that I like sending things to that file, it it shows me the action folder. I hit return. And then the next window shows move. Move is item number one because I always move files there. I don't copy them there because I'm, I'm putting them there to act on later. So all I do is I select it then I hit return again and they're moved. So so just to summarize I hit I select the files, I hit control space and AC then two returns and they're in there and it just happens so fast. And it, to me it's like the ultimate file system. In fact, I don't just do stuff to the to the old action folder. I also, you know, move things to kind of deeply nested Dropbox and folders and other places on my computer because you can navigate those. I mean, when I If I hit AC, I could hit the right arrow and go to a subfolder inside there if I wanted to. I mean, there's all this stuff you can do, and I just find it faster and more accurate than using the mouse. So I I do a lot of my file management with a keyboard launcher.
0: How long did that take you to really master? Because that's still something that I I struggle with. I have to actively remember that that feature is there.
1: I think it's like, like everything, like keyboard shortcuts or macros or anything like that. I think that the real trick to this stuff is not doing it all at once. Like just get, just say, okay, I'm going to, for the next couple of weeks, anytime I have something on my desktop, I'm going to move it out with launch bar slash Alfred, you know, whichever one you like. And, and I know you've got a similar workflow on Alfred to, to move files like that. But to me, it's just so fast with launch bar doing that control space. Uh, So just try and do that for a week or two until it becomes second nature for you. And and then, after that, it, you know all bets are off you're just going to do it you're, you're you aren't not even going to think about it because it's just so fast
0: yeah, and I think that's that's probably the trick the tip is you know start using it get some of these basic features down the the app launching, uh, maybe using reminders, maybe adding uh, things to your calendar and then once you've got that down and you're comfortable with it for a week or two, uh, try one thing outside of of that routine day to day comfort level and, and kind of force yourself to use that feature. That's a good tip.
1: Yeah. And you, and you will get good at it. And, and these things are not rocket science. I mean, this is not that hard. Once you start doing it, it'll become second nature, just like it is for me. Um, I knew a guy back in the day uh, who he was an Apple genius friend of mine. And he had, he had, re- I don't even know how he did it. He did some magic in the terminal where his finder did not show up on his Mac. He took it out of the menu bar. I mean it's just the finder's gone. No, you can and, do that.
0: You can you can hide it. Well now you can. You can well you can hide it from the desktop and you can take it off the menu bar
1: This is like five years ago. Okay. I don't know how long it was in the heyday of, of Quicksilver. And he would use Quicksilver as his file manager for everything. He he just never wanted to see the Finder icon again, which I thought was, was kind of extreme. You know, I still I still use a mouse once in a while, but when my hands are on the keyboard and I'm working, I would rather just use the keyboard and work with it. I mean, I, I've talked about how I like gestures and all this other stuff, too. But but once you've got the language down, if your hands are on a keyboard, why not just keep them there and keep going? Um, we talked a little bit about search and Alfred, and I would just say launch bar is very similar. You can do custom searches of websites, websites. Um, you know, and you can create custom searches for your own particular websites. It's not that hard. They show you how to do it once you go in there. It's it's not that difficult. But but that's another thing. Once you start doing, you will never want to go back. I mean, like to do a Duck Duck Go search. All I do is I activate launch bar and I type Duck and hit Enter, and then it's ready to search Duck Duck Go. I can type in whatever term, and it'll open Safari, do the duck, duck Go search, and show me the results. And that is really handy. Um. Clipboard managers. Now, Katie talked about that with Alfred. I think it's just a, it's a, it's a real killer feature for both of these applications.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I have one of the things I forgot to do to check before we start today's show is look at the implementation of Alfred's clipboard manager. I thought it was very attractive the last time I used it. Yeah. Fun- Function
0: wise, it's similar to launch It's, it's pretty too.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the launch bar one is pretty as well. And, but this is nice. Like in launch bar, I have my clipboard history set to remember two days. So I've got 2 days of clipboard history in there and all I have to do is hit the magic keyboard and I actually have to look at the screen the keyboard cuz I don't it's option command uh, backslash that's cuz I just do it with my fingers I don't even think about it but once I do that I've got the last 2 days worth of clipboard stuff in there and when I'm you know doing documents that have got a lot of different things I've copied or moving around it's just so killer to be able to, to have that. I mean once you use a clipboard manager, maybe this is just a little bit of a side rant. Let's say that you're not buying what we're selling here and you're like, I don't want any it. of this launcher stuff, it's nutty, I don't want it. Then get yourself a clipboard manager. But because they have independent applications out there you can buy to do this. But I, I just use the launch launch bar one because it's built into the app I'm already using. Uh, but clipboard managers really change your game because all of a sudden you've got like tons of clipboard data in there. Like when I'm writing articles and I've got two or three different links. I don't want to go back and get them two or three different times. Once I've saved in the clipboard, it's just there. And with launch bar, you can arrow down, hit command C to copy an older one and paste it. It tells you, you know, what application you found it in, whether it was Safari or Byword or whatever. And it, you know, and you can really make it go back as far as you want. I mean, like I said, I have mine set for two days, but you can have it like a certain number of items. Yeah. I think mine's just a
0: day. I don't want mine to be that, that deep.
1: Yeah. But if I'm like on a big project, usually the, the longest I'm going to want it is a couple days. Right. And it's not too often that I find myself scrolling down, you know, but when I do, it sure is nice to have it. Yeah.
0: One of the other features that I've, I've used launchers, and, and both Alfred and Launchbar will do this for, um, is to run scripts. Uh, for example, I used to have an Apple script very regularly that would mount my Drobo or that would kick off a backup task. And I've got some other tools that that do this, but I still have Apple Scripts that do a number of things for me. And rather than navigate to where the Apple Script is or use a third-party app that, that just launches Apple Scripts or manage those in my menu bar, I can just do those straight from LaunchBar.
1: Launch yeah, that, that's, that's one of the themes, I think, in this, is both of these applications, Alfred and LaunchBar, they're really jacks of all trades, and they they can do a lot of things at other applications, like a Clipboard Manager or a Script Launcher, um, Even when you have integration with an app like 1Password or Fantastical, it's just really nice kind of boiling it down to the essence and having one place to go to do all this stuff. Yeah. And that's something I really like about these applications.
0: Uh, Another thing that I use it is you can both of these apps you can use to run system commands. Um, So you can restart or shut down your machine or empty the trash. But the one that I use all the time is I lock my machine. So if I'm getting up to go to a meeting or do something and I'm stepping away from my computer, just... Two or three keystrokes and boom, my screen is locked.
1: Yeah, I, I was uh, working on my wife's computer and I wanted to do a restart. And you know, because on my Mac, I just hit Control Space R E S, and then you know the restart menu comes up in the launch bar. I hit the button and it restarts the Mac. So on her computer, I activated Spotlight and, st- and typed R E S. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like the stuff gets in your brain. You don't you don't think about and it. And did Aretha Spot-
0: Franklin start?
1: I yeah. well, I mean, it just it didn't say restart and it's like it's just like when you're going fast and suddenly you just like smash into a brick wall. that's what it felt like to me. you know I heard breaking sounds. I'm like, what you mean I gotta use the mouse like an animal to restart this computer um yeah it's it's nice to have those features. Um, and launch bar has actions, you know, where, uh, they've got the, the same kinds of things like they call, um, workflows in Alfred. They have these actions and just like with Alfred, you can download them. Some of the ones I like is they've got one there to switch the audio source. Uh, they've got a Amazon preview search, so I can type in Amazon and it gives me a preview of search terms. Um, just today I was reading my uh, feed and Brett Terpstra, uh, who we're going to have back on the show soon, by the way, Uh, Brett um, had linked to uh, integration with trickster and Trickster is an application that goes in your menu bar that makes it really easy to see uh, frequently used and recently used uh, documents and applications. It's kind of a, it's just kind of a nice way to to get to things you've done recently. Well, they just released an action for launch bar and it's fully integrated now. So like I was talking about earlier, where you can just have one place to go to all this stuff. Now you get all the functions of the application trickster and the uh, UI of LaunchBar, which I think is really great. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, additional stuff on LaunchBar, um, the visual look um, they have. Um, I think that's something that's changed a lot uh, and for the better. Since we did the show back in 2009, LaunchBar has got more kind of customization.
0: Yeah, I think I think it, the visual look of LaunchBar is kind of uh, thanks to Alfred.
1: Yeah, well, pushing I mean, I that it along it the ser- way. Well, you know what, I, I know for a fact they were working on that a long time. So it some of that, I, I'm sure that seeing somebody else doing it uh, motivated them, but I also know that that was a priority for them for a while. But the, so they've got some nice looks and you can kind of like do selections. Like they have, one of the nice things is they do um, looks based on the current operating system. So they have a Yosemite and El Capitan light and dark looks. And one of the things I do is if I'm going to have, I want it to be different than spotlight. Like if I have spotlight as a light look, then I'll use the dark look for launch bar. So I can easily quickly understand which one I'm working in. Um, They also added this usage profile feature that kind of lets you look at how you're using it and what features you're not using. So if you're, if you're that person who's just starting to get used to it and you say, okay, I'm going to use it for file management. And then once you internalize that, they've actually got a tool in the application to show you where would be a good place next to, um, to continue with it. Um, uh, I don't know they, these are both very good applications, but, but we can't leave. And, and when I asked about this on Twitter, several Twitter listeners said, you know, you cannot ignore Quicksilver. So um, let's talk for a minute about Quicksilver. I mean, Quicksilver was the one that showed us all the way, at least for me, uh, but it lingered because it had a single developer who didn't have time. I think he went over to work at Google, and I don't know where the guy is these days. But um, you know he's really smart, so I'm sure he's working somewhere. Um, but you know, Quicksilver kind of lingered, and then it got picked. Up. I think he open sourced it, and and Quicksilver does have a page now. If you go to qsapp.com, I'll go ahead and put in the show notes. You can download. They have version 1.3.2 currently, which uh, sports El Capitan. So. Um, there is a real, you know, version of Quicksilver still out there. There are things I liked about Quicksilver that I that I still like better than anything that we've ever done on Launchbar or Alfred. Um, one of those is some of the they had these, this plugin for the user interface, so people could have alternate user interfaces. I remember one I used to like was the Cube. Did you ever use that one, Katie? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Were you a Quicksilver user, or did you go straight to Launchbar? No, I, I used remember.
0: Quicksilver. I think first.
1: Yeah. So Quicksilver had this cube where it opened up a little three-dimensional cube. And as you went through the noun and the verb and the actions, the cube would spin. And it was very delightful. And I have not seen a user interface with as much whimsy since for a launcher. And, uh, and, uh, and when we, um when we did the, we're prepping for the show, I put it on Twitter and several of our listeners wrote and said, they're still using Quicksilver. I have tweeted some of them back to find out if they're, what the stability is. Cause the reason I gave up on it was, it was just unstable. It would st- sometimes I'd do a command and it just wouldn't work or the application would quit. And no matter how cute it is, if it doesn't work, I can't, I can't Deal breaker. do that. And, and as I understand it, this is a free application. So people are just kind of volunteering their time on it, but, but there are still some people really dedicated to using it. And, and at this point I've kind of, like I said, my ship has sailed. I'm so dedicated to launch, but I'm not sure I want to even go back to to Quicksilver. But if you're a Quicksilver user, please let us know for the live show, because I'd like to hear how people are, what their experiences are with it now that it's been an open source for a while, but that's another option and it's a free option. So if, if you want to you know go a step beyond spotlight, but you don't want to pay for anything, I would recommend giving Quicksilver a try. In fact, I guess that really gets us to the point. Um, uh, what do we recommend at this point?
0: Well, I think we've kind of been through it. You know, it's, it's been the theme of the show. I, I think everybody needs to start with spotlight and, I would tell you, really master Spotlight first because there's a lot of power in Spotlight now. And if anything else, you need to know how Spotlight works because that's going to make you a better user of some of these more advanced apps. And it's going to make you a more productive user when you're on machines that don't have these other applications on it. So start with Spotlight, learn how to become a pro at Spotlight, and then perhaps go forth and teach other people some Spotlight tips and tricks so that they can be more productive users because every Mac user has Spotlight. So I think that's the first level.
1: Yeah. And I think if you want to go beyond that, what I would recommend is um, don't let us tell you what to do. I I would say both of these applications, LaunchBar and Alfred, they're actively developed. Like I said, really smart people working on them all the time. Download a trial run of each of them and and don't try them at the same time because they really are like speaking a different Uh, language. Yeah, you
0: can't. You can't try them at the same time. You can't have like command space be Alfred and something. I mean, I guess you probably could, but that would just be craziness
1: but i I would give I would give each one the full trial period, whatever they're going to give you is the full trial period, and then once you've tried them both, then you're gonna know i mean you'll just know which one works for you I mean that's what happened with me when I was going through them. I just realized you know launch bar just works for me for whatever reason um uh, comparing launch bar to alfred is is actually quite difficult for me at this point because they both are powerful, they both have good looks they both are very stable. Um, And it it just shows the advantages of competition. I know that in my personal case, I use LaunchBar and I think I'm sticking with it because it's just, it works for me.
0: Yeah, and Um, and I use LaunchBar. I have used both. Uh it's very possible that I could go back to Alfred again. I don't know if there's a reason to, but there's not a reason not to either.
1: I know we're nerds. Sometimes it's fun to go try something.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's fun just when you get a new operating system to switch things up or you get a new computer to switch things up to feel like, you know, something's different. I think the good news here though, is there's not a wrong answer.
1: Yeah. It it is really uh, an abundance of riches. And the big message for this show, I would think is if you haven't tried these things, spend some time, and and do it. Follow along with some of the stuff we did on the show, and you're really going to like it. I mean, I, it's funny. When I go and do tutorials or even when I do speaking gigs, and sometimes I use my Mac in front of an audience, it has nothing to do with what, what I'm talking about, you know, the fact that I've got LaunchBar running. But almost every time someone afterwards says, wait a second, that's really great, the thing you taught us about Keynote, but how did you – and then it'll be something that I did in LaunchBar and I have right, to show right. them I did in LaunchBar. bar. Um, the the other thing is we when I put the word out on Twitter there was a few other comments that I thought are worthy of note. Um, several people said make sure you include Keyboard Maestro. Uh, I did not include that in this show because it, Keyboard Maestro really is a different animal to me. But I know some people use it in essence as a launcher. Um, but I, I think that that's really not a launcher. And feel free to write and tell me how I'm crazy. Um, and we've given Keyboard Maestro its own shows in the past, and we probably will again in the future. Um, and there's just a lot of love out there for both LaunchBar and Alfred. So I guess the other point I would make of this is if you find yourself liking using, um, Spotlight, you really should look into one of these more, uh, powerful applications. Cause if you like Spotlight, you're going to love what these applications can do for you.
0: All right. Well, go give them a try. Let us know what you think. We do have the MPU live show that is coming up in just a couple of weeks. So it'd be a great place to send in your feedback. Uh, You can email us feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. Or if you want to record a quick audio comment, you can do that from a microphone on your Mac or you can do that from your iPhone just using the... uh, uh, the voice recorder app on that. Send it to us as an MP3 file or something. Keep it, at, keep it at two minutes or less. And you can also send that to feedback at MacPowerUsers.com and we'll try to feature some of those on the show.
1: You can also do it through Twitter. Just send us a Twitter message with the hashtag AskMPU. And that gets on the list as well. Um,
0: We'll have links to everything that we discussed in our show notes uh, at uh, relay.fm slash MPU. Uh, And don't forget, we got the uh, Mac Power Users Meetup and the t-shirts. T-shirts are going to be on sale for another week or so by the time this show comes out. So uh, this is a limited time run of the t-shirts. They're not going to be available forever. So if you want one, get it now.
1: See you next week.